You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks since I talked to you, but the team's been off for a couple of weeks because of the FIFA international break, during which there's been a lot of fantastic soccer being played in the Nations League and in some friendlies and all sorts of things, and we've got a, a friendly coming up tomorrow night between Atlanta United and Liga Emeki's power, Pachuca, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the inaugural American Family Insurance Cup of Insurance and other things. Uh, it's going to be the, they're hoping to do this every year, is Atlanta United against different teams from around the world. So I'm curious with Darren Eel's contacts in England from West Brom and Tottenham and Carlos's contacts from his time at Fulham and Rangers and, you know, everywhere else that he's played, who is going to be next for the five stripes in this tournament? Well, friendly next year. It's not a tournament because it's only two teams um, next year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then after Tuesday, on Thursday, is a gigantic possible day in Atlanta sports history because the World Cup venues are going to be announced by FIFA. And Atlanta is one of the cities that has bid to host uh, at least one game as well as the World Communications Center for the tournament. Uh, arguably the biggest sporting event in the world, even bigger than the Olympics, because every country in the world has a chance to compete. They just got to advance to the finals. So looking forward to that Thursday night. We're going to have a lot of coverage of that. I hope you'll look for that on my Twitter at Doug Robertson EJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And then on Sunday, Atlanta United resumes league play against Miami at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It'll be Father's Day. If you haven't bought your father, grandfather, father-in-law, godfather a card, run out and do that. And, you know, send them something sweet. Get them a charcoal briquette bag or something, because all dads like that. Um, All right, so let's get into Tuesday's Friendly. But first, (laughs) we need to address two transfer rumors uh, regarding Atlanta United regarding two players from Liga Emekis who could be coming here on loan uh, based upon reports from uh, Liga Emekis. Uh, the first is um, a center back from Tigris, and the second is a goalkeeper formerly of Chivas. Gonzalo Pineda did not want to comment on either one today, 
Um, he, he preferred instead to say there are other channels for the team to do that. I would be surprised if any announcements are going to come even as early as Wednesday. There's still uh, paperwork that needs to be done. And then even when the players get here, uh, there's going to have to be visa issues to work out and then fitness and, and everything. But the names of the two players are the center back is Juan Jose Sanchez Parada from Tigres. And the goalkeeper is Raul Gudino, formerly of Chivas. There's one thing in common about both these players. They're both very tall. And as you know, Atlanta United has had a lot of trouble defending set pieces this year. Sanchez Parata is 24. He is six foot two, and Gudino, 26, is six foot four. So it could potentially help some of the issues that Atlanta United has had. Here's Gonzalo Pineda when asked if he can confirm the two transfer rumors. No, I cannot confirm anything as, as usual. I mean, I, I told you this in the past. The, the club has the right channels to announce that. And obviously we are looking at different targets, but until it's nothing official, I cannot say anything. I'm sorry on that. But uh, what I can tell you is yes, we've been looking for, for players to, to come to the team and try to impact in the second half of the season. Uh, can you share the other positions y'all are trying to strengthen? Uh, yeah, everything, pretty much everything. We have had, we have had the injuries in, in every line, and that's that's part of what has happened in the first three four months of the season. So then we need to look at priorities and everything. But as you may know, at times it's not easy just to find players and salary cap world and all that. So uh, yeah, we're trying to to do the best. Uh, to fill a couple positions that we feel we want more competition and we, we need more numbers in those positions. For those who don't follow it lining out it closely, uh, there are four players who are out with season-ending injuries, two goalkeepers, Brad Guzan and Dylan Castanera, who both suffered ruptured Achilles tendons, centre-back Miles Robinson, also a ruptured Achilles tendon, defensive midfielder Ozzy Alonso with an ACL, and potentially... Fullbacks Andrew Gutman with a quad, who's going to be out two to three months. And then Ronald Hernandez, who is out uh, three to four months with an MCL injury. There are 14 other players that have missed time because of injuries this season. But the good news for the team is three players have resumed training. Fullback Caleb Wiley, who figures to slot in on the left. Winger Machop Chol who has yet to play a minute this season because of an injury he suffered in the preseason, and Santiago Sosa, who suffered an injury against Nashville in the U.S. Open Cup, an adductor injury, but he's back. Pineda said today that he thinks uh, Joseph Martinez and Caleb Wiley are 90 minutes fit. Machop Chal only recently resumed training. He's not 90 minutes fit. So on Tuesday, Pineda said you're likely going to see two different 11s playing because they're keeping an eye on the Miami game on Sunday because they need three points. they got to start picking up more and more points because the first part of the season, the first 13 games, didn't go as expected. So we asked, um, or I asked Pineda, with Joseph Martinez returning to health in 90 minutes and Renato Cisneros remains the leading goal scorer for the team with four, if they have any plans on playing him at wing, because I can remember Pineda saying that a few weeks ago, that he can do that, or also playing Cisneros and Martinez in a two-striker system, which you haven't really seen a lot of from Atlanta United 
in past years because Joseph typically operated best as a single striker. But maybe now he's reached a point in an age where two strikers or someone to help him to play underneath him or make deeper runs when he comes back toward the ball might be a good thing. And here's what Pineda said. Were you spying us <laughs> in the week? Like, uh, no, we've been working on both. So the, the beauty of having someone like Ronaldo is, is someone that can play inside, he can play outside as well. And Marcelino is similar, even though his best position is probably more uh, inside in that pocket on the left side. But uh, Ronaldo can give us that flexibility in the attack. He can play as a second forward. He can open up a little bit more on the, on the flank. If Marcelino is outside, he can be a number nine. The moments where Joseph drops a little bit in between the lines, he can attack the back with his pace. So he's someone that can give us some flexibility and not necessarily a straight 4-4-2 and just flat two forwards out there. But we can have different type of movements that can help the team. I, I like the idea of playing with two strikers. When Pineda talked about this a few weeks ago, he talked about maybe playing a diamond midfield where he could try to get Moreno, Almada, uh, and Araujo on the field at the same time uh, with Cisneros and Martinez up top. That is a lot of attacking talent on the field and one that could potentially score a lot of goals. But, of course, you have to shore up the defense so that you're not giving up a lot of goals as well. And I'm reasonably certain that the team has worked on that the past two weeks, and you might be able to see it as soon as the Miami game. At least it gives other teams something else to have to try to game plan for. Um, and then, you know, Pineda was full of praise for Pachuca. Pineda is, of course, of, of Mexican descent. Um, and Pachuca is is a fascinating team. They uh, finished second to Atlas in the Clausura uh, in the tournament there. Um, young team, they like to press, they like to play with the ball, they defeated Austin 4-1 to on Saturday in a friendly. They're led um, by one of the best coaches, maybe, in North, Central, and South America in Guillermo Amada. Um, he's done some great things at some clubs throughout South America, and he's, he's done some great things with Pachuca. And Pineda was asked by another journalist how he feels about kind of getting to measure himself against a coach of that caliber. Yes, I mean, I think uh, also in, the, in, in MLS we have a lot of good coaches, good caliber coaches. And, and yes, Thiago is also a very, very good coach in Liga MX, what he's doing, what he did with Santos Laguna, now what he's doing with uh, Pachuca, I think is very good. Uh, obviously, I don't know what's the approach that they will have towards the game because they're in preseason and now they're having triple sessions, double sessions. So, so they might be looking for other things rather than really playing a competitive match. But uh, I know they're a competitive side and he is a competitive coach. So we will try to take it also seriously. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's always good to face different styles. That, that's a good point. And we will have that against, against Pachuca. So for also those who don't know, Renato Cisneros, is on loan here from Chivas. So he's played against Pachuca. He has friends on Pachuca, though most of them are with the Mexican national team right now. And I asked him if he's filled in on his teammates on what to expect from the club. See, uh, yes, and we've also watched um, videos of Pachuca. I think they're, they're a very uh, young team and a, t a very intense team. Um, they're a team that always likes to have the ball. Um, and when they don't, they try to press and win it back very quickly. Um, that's the style of their coach, and, and I like that as well. Um, so they're a very intense team to play against, so it's going to be a great challenge um, and, and a good opportunity for us. 
And just so you'll know, Cisneros said for at least the third time, the first time was to me probably six, eight weeks ago, that he wants to stay in Atlanta United at, uh, when his loan expires in July or is set to expire in July. There is an option for him to stay here. Pineda said they really enjoy Ronaldo. He's a good presence in the locker room. Of course, he's productive on the field. So I got to think that you're going to see his loan get extended. He said that there has not been any discussions yet, which kind of fits with how Atlanta United typically does things. So we're going to make a change in the podcast format right now. Instead of going to a break and then going to the mailbag, we're going to go ahead and go to the mailbag, go to a break, and then you're going to hear about 30 minutes of an interview we got to do with Brad Guzan on Friday. Guzan, of course, has suffered the ruptured Achilles tendon. In the interview, he's going to talk about the fact he's going to be a TV analyst on Tuesday for the game for the first time, I think, in his career. And his rehab and, and just what to expect uh, on Tuesday from both teams. Uh, it's a pretty insightful interview. It was conducted with a number of journalists, so you're going to hear different people asking questions. But I hope you'll stick around and listen to the whole thing. So here's the mailbag. And these were sent to me either my email at DRobertson at AJC or Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Ben in Philly, friend of the podcast, says, I hope you've enjoyed some time off in this international window. Since Tiago Almada is suspended for three matches and Tyler Wolf is away with the under-20 national team, who do you think fills that position in the middle? It's a really good question, and I've already kind of answered that with Cisneros as an option. The other option would be Emerson Hyman comes in, and he should be 90 minutes fit now too, and he plays as the attacking midfielder, and Marcelino Moreno stays on the left, which is kind of where he's been since Almada has settled into that attacking midfield role. So I think you're going to see some sort of combination of that. Um, Almada's suspension starts Sunday. He could play tomorrow if Pineda wants him to because it's a, it's a non-league game. They could do whatever they want to, uh, including making as many as however many subs they want to, which is why he could play two different 11s, um, which he's talked about doing. So I, th- I think that's what you're going to see. It's either Cisneros or Almada on the left. Caleb Wiley would also be a possibility there, except he's really – well, there's Mikey Ambrose, but he's the only left back uh, on the on the roster right now who offers a threat going forward. Ambrose is more defensive-minded than offensive-minded. So I don't think he's going to move up to the left wing unless there's an emergency. Uh, David says, which two signings are rumored? You tweeted saying Pineda didn't confirm any. I saw a rumored uh, center back from Mexico. Haven't seen anything else. I addressed that earlier in the podcast. Um and I hope you were listening, and I hope you found the story that I tweeted out again from my Twitters uh, at Doug Robertson AJC. But the two players are a center back from Tigres, uh, Juan Jose Sanchez Parada, and goalkeeper Raul Godino, formerly of Chivas. Both uh, supposed to be coming on loan, according to reports. So we'll see if those things happen. I think they would both be interesting, intriguing signings. Henry says, with Cisneros working at a couple of different positions and with some personnel returning from injury, what kind of formations could we start to see going forward? Another good question. Um, I don't think you're going to see a return to three center backs because Atlanta United only has three center backs on the roster right now. And I don't think they want to risk having one lost in a game to injury and then having no backups. So I think whatever formation you're going to see is going to continue with a back four. And then you could either see the diamond midfield. You could see the the kind of 4-2-3-1 that the team has played a lot. 
or you could see kind of a, a four, four flat, not a diamond two with Joseph and Cisneros up top as a striker, almost like a, a four, two, two, uh, or a four, one, two, one, two kind of thing. It'd be kind of narrow. The fullbacks would be relied on to provide some width going up the wings. But uh, really, I think everything's probably on the table right now. Pineda says he likes to tailor the formations to the personnel. Uh, but he also says that formations don't much matter. It's about finding the spaces and the rhythms in the game. Nick says, hi, Doug. I hope you're doing well and that things are better. They are, are much, much better, Nick. Thank you. I, I've, uh, a couple of significant steps have been taken and uh, I'm in a, a happier place. And again, I just want to thank everybody who's reached out to me uh, on Facebook or Twitter or in person to tell me that they were thinking about me, to offer just an ear if I needed one. Um, it's, you know, the past six months were probably the toughest of my life. And your support really were, were just wonderful and enriched my soul. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm curious how the team will line up without Omeda for the next few MLS games. What are some of the possibilities? I've covered that one, but has it been announced who will coach the same son, uh, who will coach the team Sunday without Pineda? Pineda also received a red card against Columbus uh, for apparently uh, some things he was saying to, I think the fourth official. Uh, he also threw his jacket down in an act of frustration because he said he couldn't take any more. So he is suspended for Sunday's game against Miami. I assume Diego, one of the assistant coaches, will do that. And then we might hear from Carlos Bocanegra in the post game. He was the kind of voice of the team a long time ago when Tata had received a red card. Bocanegra came and did the post game. So now we're going to toss to a break. And then you're going to hear a, a lengthy interview with Brad Guzan that I hope you'll stick around for. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. And we're back. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited, unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And if I could just tout the paper for a little bit, please. If you haven't seen Sunday's paper, there's an outstanding series of reports about dangerous apartment complexes in the metro Atlanta area. 
It was months of work, months of research, and shed a lot of light on some of the conditions that your fellow citizens are living in. There's also been, as usual, fantastic coverage of the Braves, from Justin, of the Falcons, from D-Led, from Georgia Tech, by Ken, from Georgia, by Chip. We have a new Hawks beat reporter, and she's going to do a fantastic job. In the Sunday paper, you get a special sports section in addition to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution sports section that looks at a lot of national things. There's some deep dives. Last week was about Greg Norman and the Live Golf Tournament and its impact potentially on professional golf around the world. It's a fantastic read. And that's $2.30 a week. And then you can get all the podcasts and everything from politics to Atlanta United. It's a, it's a fantastic bargain. I mean, I spend, every time I go to my local coffee shop, I'll end up spending seven bucks just on coffee and a cookie. That's $2.30 a week for all the information about Metro Atlanta that you'll ever want. So consider it. Okay, now we're going to hear from Brad Guzan. The first question was, can he be objective? He is an employee of the team as an analyst for Tuesday's game. Um, you know, obviously, I've got some time on my hands before I'm back uh, before I'm back playing again. So um, it's an avenue that uh, obviously has piqued my interest before. And, um, you know, the, the timing worked out where, you know, again, the opportunity, the timing, um, you know, it all kind of came together. And, and so I'm looking forward to, to the experience. And in terms of being objective, yeah, of course, you know, um, I think when you go into that side of it, it, you know, it's, it's no different than, when you're on the field and, and objective and, you know, there's times when I'm having to go at guys, there's times when I'm building guys up and, and saying, great job. It's so I think that part for me is, is just, um, I guess, normal, if you will. Um, and, and when you talk about the game, when you comment on, on the game and, and, and you do the commentary, um, you know, I think for me, that is, that's just, that's, that's how I see the game good and bad. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's part of the role, if you will. Other than Jeff Lernowitz, the greatest analyst ever, who do you, uh, who do you follow? Who do you like? Who do you hope to sound similar to? Um, to be honest, I, I, I plan to be myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try and, and fill the shoes of, of Jeff, of Mo, of, 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 of anyone. Right. I, I'm going to I'm going to try to be myself and, um, you know, basically talk about how I see the game and, and, and you know, analyzing the game. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and, and try and be someone that I'm not. Are you going to try to return and play next season? Uh, yes, I will be. This is this is not a farewell tour of any sorts. This is a, a one off opportunity that, again, the timing worked out and. Um, you know, I'm committed to, to the long term in, in, in terms of, of playing. And so um, this is a, a, a one-off and, and we'll see how it goes. And last one for me. When the injury happened, you kind of turned around and looked behind you. And I've heard people say that when the Achilles tears like that, often it feels like somebody has kicked you in the back of the leg. Is that why you turned around? Did it feel like somebody had kicked you? 
Yep. As soon as I, I started to take a step with my left foot, um, before my left foot even hit the ground, I had already started to turn my body because I, I heard it. I felt it. I just didn't know what it was. And, and when I looked behind me and realized nobody was behind me, you know, I, at that point, this all happened in a millisecond. And, uh, you know, at, by the time I'd hit the ground and realized no one was behind me, I, I knew exactly what I had done. And do you, you know, a lot of people have speculated on a lot of different reasons why the team has had so many Achilles tears this season. Do you have a theory or a reason? I don't know. Um, listen, uh, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, myself, I think it's a bit unfortunate. It's a bit, it's a bit unlucky. Um, you know, it, I, I, you could, you could sit there and play Monday morning quarterback all you want and say, it's this, say it's that, you know, speculate on this, speculate on that. Um, no one knows. And, and, and from my point of view, it's, that doesn't change. Um, you know, that doesn't change my, my approach to my recovery. I know it doesn't change the approach for, for other guys as well. Um, and so, you know, like I said, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty bad timing. It's, it's very bad luck. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's something that now we're, we're having to deal with. Hey, Brad Felipe here. Very interested to, to hear your analysis on TV. I mean, I'm, from what you just said, it sounds like you know where we're coming from now. Maybe that's something that we have in common. Um, yes, yes and no. Yes <laughs> and no. Um, I mean, listen, you know, being critical, because I'm, I'm assuming that's what you're leaning towards in terms of my response. Um, being critical of, of, of guys, being critical that has never been my um, I've never been opposed to that. I've never been against you guys being critical of, of us and our play because there's nobody that's going to be more critical than, than players. You don't get to this level of, of playing this standard of, of playing um, by being accepting of mediocre, being accepting of, of just average. Right. Um, and so there's, there's no one that holds our team, our group, um, to a higher standard than, than the players themselves. And so, um, of course I, I welcome and accept the, the criticism when, when things aren't going well. Um, I think that sometimes there's a different view on how to get there, if you will. And I mean, are you aware that there's like a whole other industry of like media reporters that judge analysts and how they come off and how they're prepared <laughs> for sure Listen, there's, you get you get you get judged about everything the, the way you cross the street the the way you ride a bike i mean the world we live in now it's unfortunately it's it's a world where where everyone feels that they're they're better they're they're you know stronger than 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 the next person um and and so i'm not looking at this as to you know, going into it and, and trying to please those, those people and, and those critics. Um, like I said, I'm going to try to be myself. Uh, I'm excited to work with Kev uh, and Jillian. And, and I know that, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a great experience. If I'm any good, then, you know, great. If not, well, it's a one-off. So you guys can all hammer me and, I, and I'll never have to worry about it again. Well, let me, let me ask you one more question. Like how, how do you plan on preparing? Do you feel like you're somebody that will want to be over-prepared, too prepared? Do you want to let things flow? 
a lot of time analysts, uh, you know, in speaking to many either former players and professional analysts, they have different ways of going about this. So what, what do you think you're going to do for this first time? Yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to prepare. I, I, I'm going to obviously, I know our team pretty well, um, you know, but obviously, you know, learning the opposition, learning Pachuca, their players. The other, the other difficult side of this is that it's not a, you know, it's, it's not a league game or a, a full competition game, right? So it's, it's difficult in the sense of they may throw 11 brand new players that don't play week in and week out for them. They may throw out 11 kids. I don't know. Right. So now it's, you know, potentially trying to, to learn 30, 40 players uh, in a short amount of time. And so, um, you know, I, I know, like I said, I, I know it'll, it'll go fine in terms of working with Kev and, and being up there with him. And obviously he's a pro and uh, you know, we've chatted a little bit already. And so we're, we're both excited about that. Um, you know, Jillian will do great, you know, at what she does and, and what she brings to the team. And um, you know, I just want to try to fit in as, as best I can. And again, just be, be myself. Brad, do you think the, um, the constant questions from the local media, you know, has helped prepare you for this moment and given you a kind of a taste of it? Absolutely. I'm just going to beat around the bush and, you know, just, just divert any and all responses from, from Kevin. And like, Kev, I can't answer that with a straight face, but. And, and what has it been like for you? Just, I don't know, sitting back and watching this team and still trying to, to find their rhythm. Do you, has it been hard for you to, to watch and sit back? Yeah, it's, it's, that, that part's probably been one of the, the biggest uh, difficulties in terms of not being able to be out there. And, you know, last week I, I actually, I was out on the field and I was sat behind the goal. And next thing I know, I'm, I went from sitting to kneeling to standing and my voice got louder and louder and I'm yelling, you know, at guys to do this and do that. And just to, to you know, you're, you're out there and you want to be a part of the group and you're seeing things that could be, you know, tweaked here, or tweaked there. And so, um, just being back out there trying to help the group in whatever way I can. And, and whether that's with, with my experience, whether it's what I see in the moment, um, just trying to be around the guys and, and get the, the buzz and the vibe, you know, that you get from the group um, that when you're healthy is, is fantastic. And, and obviously when you're, when you're out injured, especially long-term um, that part can, can be difficult at times. So um, it's been, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's, it's been a grind. Um, you know, I feel like I'm going to be a professional cyclist here soon enough, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been good. Are you, I mean, it's kind of unique because there's probably a handful of you guys that are rehabbing through injuries. So, I mean, is it, you're not just like single, are you guys able to like, you know, I don't know, go through rehab together. You're not quite alone, I guess. For sure. The gym's really crowded. Um, you know, we, uh, there's, there's, there's a group of us that are, are keeping the, the vibes and the positive energy at extremely high levels. Um, you know, the, the tunes in the gym are, are going, Andrew's making sure we're sorted. Uh, Ozzy and I are, are crushing it. Dylan's setting the bar for us. Um, Miles, not quite into the gym yet, but, uh, we're, we're getting ready to, to welcome him in there out of the, the treatment room. So, um, everyone's in good spirits. You were talking about preparing for the game, looking forward to the game. I'm curious. I'm not going to ask you about Pachuca because like you said, who knows what they're going to throw at you in a preseason type thing for them. But. From Atlanta's perspective, I mean, this game takes on a little bit of a different context because of the injury situations that, that's been cropped up uh, since the game was scheduled. So what are you expecting from Gonzalo, what he's going to kind of use this game for? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, first and foremost, you know, we, we 
probably want to get into a bit of a rhythm, right? We've not now played for, for quite some time. And so having a, you know, a quote unquote meaningful game to, to go into and prepare, um, it takes away from the, the repetitiveness of just going out and training, right? So that part will be a bonus and, and, and going out and playing a, a live opposition will be good. Um, a, a very good opposition. Um, but then just using it in terms of, um, getting guys, obviously minutes that are potentially coming back, getting, you know, getting a, an understanding and a flow of how we want to make some adjustments from, you know, the previous six weeks to where we want to go, um, analyzing, you know, all of our games beforehand and now using this to, to make any and all adjustments, I, I think will certainly be beneficial in terms of how we're going to use the game. Um, you know, do I see guys going 90 minutes potentially for some, um, do I see other guys, you know, getting limited minutes or whatnot? I don't know, probably. Um, but either way, like I said, it's, it's good to be able to at this, again, at this level, you want to be playing games. You don't just want to train for three weeks. So because of this break, the, the game works out perfectly. Yeah, and just to pick up on that, I mean, Gonzalo was talking in the, you know, there's a frustrating loss right before you went into this break. Um, and he kind of intimated that it's a time for players to, you know, grab opportunities, that that, that play positions are up for grabs for people who can, you know, carry out what he wants. So do you expect it to almost be like a tryout of sorts, like for people to to go out there and try to to grab a spot in this team that maybe haven't gotten as much time? I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a tryout by any means, but listen, it, at, again, at this level, it's it's about being competitive. It's about winning games. And if if your job is is to do X, Y, and Z, and you're not doing your job, then at some point the manager has to ha, has to address that, right? And whether he addresses that privately with a conversation, whether he addresses that, you know, by making a change in the team sheet, whether he addresses that in front of the group, whatever it may be, right? The manager's job is to then put players on the field that, that are going to do what he's asking to then go and get results or, or hopefully in, in what his, his eyes sees as a solution to get results. And so, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's a tryout. I mean, we train day in and day out, right? So we, we, we know what, what each player can bring to, to the team and, and what player, what each player is capable of. Um, but if you're not doing that on a match day, then then at some point the manager will have to make changes. So I wouldn't consider this game a tryout. I would consider this, you know, a, a normal mid mid season friendly where we've got a three week break and now it's a it's a good opportunity to to analyze the group, analyze individuals, and and look to move forward. Brad, can you share your timeline for your recovery? Um. To be honest, Doug, I, I, I'm not even looking so far down the road. I'm, I almost take it not day by day, but, you know, week by week, if you will. And because Dylan is 10 days in front of me, I have a, I have a good blueprint in terms of, you know, what, you know, well, he's doing that at, at, you know, 10 days ahead of me, you know, so I, I can see kind of, I can foresee what my program will look like um, moving forward, but I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, um, you know, from the the people that I've spoken to, athletes, past athletes, when you start looking so far down the road, you you forget the task at hand um, on a daily basis. And so I'm just kind of getting after it in the gym, you know, cycling, keeping my cardio up, doing the treatment uh, in the training room with our physios and 
um, like I said, taking it week by week. Is it pretty much every day like that you're in there or do you get every like a day. break? Uh, very important. I mean, they, they've been, they've been good about days off. I mean, it's not something where it's like, they're trying to break me down and, you know, but you know, it's, it's every day that, you know, the team goes out, I'll pull out a stationary bike, put it out in the sun and just start pedaling, follow the program. Uh, very important question. Do you have the fit picked out for uh, Tuesday? I think, I think I'm going to go safe. I'm going to, I'm going to go safe route. That's the other thing I'm nervous about. You guys are all going to critique my clothes and you know, my shoes, all the, I'm just going to club suit. I'm a big club guy, you know? I'm telling you, there's a whole other world out there that just oh, can't, can't wait to watch guys uh, debut as an analyst. Um, so you mentioned in answering Joe's question, it's true. It's it's there's a lot to perhaps evaluate and assess for Atlanta United in a game like this. But and even Pachuca, they may roll out a lot of stars. They have guys with the national team right now. Some of their more important players are with the national team. But it is League MX versus MLS too. Regardless, sure. it's it's gonna there's gonna be that layer as well. So how do you what is success for Atlanta United in this game? How do we measure, judge what happens considering where they're in the table and what this game means for the league, American soccer, and the rivalry as well? Yeah, I mean, listen, of course it has that layer to it, right? Um, but I wouldn't say it has the same layer. It's not the same layer as the Champions League game in March, right? And And I think you'd look at, you know, what Seattle did this year and, and fantastic. Um, I think when you look at Liga MX and, and their players and how they're viewing Major League Soccer, not that the table is starting to shift or, or turn, but there's a real sense that Major League Soccer is doing something right, you, you know, both on the field and off the field. And, and I think a lot of teams in Mexico are, are taking notice of, of – the quality that we have here in the league, they're taking notice of the things that clubs do off the field. Um, and so I, again, I don't think it's the same layer that a champions league game carries, uh, but there's certainly that uh, MLS V Liga MX, um, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to say magnitude, but there's that, there's that, that feeling of, of what those games mean and what they represent. And so, for us, it's, again, anytime we step on the field, it's about competing and, 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 and winning, right? That's what we want to do. That's what our job is to do. Um, but in terms of, you know, what it, it really has, the substance behind it, I don't think it's going to have the same feeling as it would have three months ago, four months ago. I've got last one, last one on Miles. What, I mean, you've been around him now. You, you were, I'm sure you were there when he was injured. How has he coming along? Like, what was that moment like from realization to where he is today? I mean, listen, first, I can't, I can't comment on, on, on his psyche. I can't comment. You know what I mean? When it happened, I knew looking at what had happened uh, and watching him, I, I took my scooter down to the locker room two minutes after it happened because you just had this sickening feeling in your gut that that's what he did. Um, and by the time I got down there, you know, he was, he was talking to his mom on FaceTime and um, you know, he was, he was gutted, obviously. Uh, the days after that, I'm sure weren't easy uh, to comprehend and, and understand. And 
accept what had happened. Um, you know, it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't easy for anybody that has a long-term injury. And so for him, for everything that he had at stake, um, I, I can't even imagine, right? So it wouldn't be fair to him to, to go in and, and comment on, on his thought process uh, throughout the, the injury. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll stay clear of that one just because I would be doing him a disservice if, if I tried to, to speculate. Do you talk to like other guys in other leagues or just in the MLS that have maybe gone through similar injuries? Have they like reached out? I mean, I know Mike Soroka has gone through it like twice with the Braves and that. Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to him, but I've spoken to other athletes um, with this injury. Um, you know, when I did mine the, the, that night, you know, I was, I was still in the, in the locker room and I was texting, I was texting doctors, uh, in Chicago, in New York, um, obviously here, um, you know, I was getting recommendations from, from guys that I known had had this, had to have this surgery. Um, and, you know, for me, my mindset is as soon as it was essentially confirmed that, right. I can't change. I can't change the past. I can't change what had happened. It's all about how do I, how do I get better? What's my road look like? Um, and so, yeah, it was just, for me, it's a, you know, I, I can't, I can't change what's, what's already happened. It's about full steam ahead and just get after it and, and make sure that, you know, I, I do everything that's being asked to me in, in the right way and, you know, get it as strong as possible. Brad, what's your opinion of the U.S. men's national team goalkeeper situation? Like, do you see it as, or is the, is, are they in a good place coming you know, five, four months before a world cup? Uh, there isn't really a clear starter depending on who you talk to. Perhaps Greg knows who that is already, but how do you see it right now? I mean, listen, I, I think first and foremost, you know, you, you, I'm sure Greg has a, an idea of, of what he's thinking and, and what, you know, who he's looking to, to play. And, um, you know, that's for him to know and, and the rest of us to, to wait and see. Right. Um, you know, a lot with saying that a lot can happen over these next few months uh, in terms of there's a lot of moving pieces um, with guys, you know, obviously Matt's going to Arsenal, right? Zach's at Man City. Um, Sean obviously will be continuing, you know, playing Major League Soccer so that, you know, Ethan, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Forrest in terms of that situation when he's had to play, he's done well. Um, and so there's, there's so many moving pieces that, I, I, you know, Yes, you need to have a starter for these these Nations League games. You need to to you know essentially probably have that starter penciled in come the the friendlies in the fall. Um, but ultimately, that decision doesn't really have to be made until till later in the year. And I expect a lot of things to happen, um, a lot of conversation around that, just because there's so many moving pieces for each and every goalkeeper right so um yeah it's there's not an answer today you know i think whoever played you know i'm sure matt will play nations league go into the fall see what happens over the the course of the next couple of months and and kind of you know evaluate and, and reevaluate it and, and go from there and just kind of take it one window at a time thank you have a good call man good luck i'm gonna need it guys be, be easy on me, all right? All right. I hope you've enjoyed this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. 
I'm your host, Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Please click, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones, and y'all take care. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.